This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. I don't know if there's any like big surprises. I think just the culture here is amazing. I love it here. It's been uh, great so far, and uh, the guys are, are really uh, tight and in. It, it's been fun so far. That was Gabe Velarde yesterday. Loves the culture. Really tight here. Loves the team. Loves it. Be, loves being a Winnipeg Jet. Uh, if you're wondering now, it's now it's not Pierre Luc Dubois anymore. It's P. L. Dubois. Um, that's that's Hollywood right there. You know what? The thing is, it's just he's now in a position where he can be his true self. I, I which would, he said several times. I'm I'm directly quoting him. Yes, I went to California last August, so a year ago August, and I went to unfortunately Disneyland. Um, and I I say that knowing how your heart lies there. It, uh, well, not Disney. Well, Disney Land, World. Disney, yeah. It's two different things. Well, no, it is. It's Dungeons like, and Dragons. Like, gym. <laughs> like, like but, you under, you recognize that Florida and California I, are two different yeah. states. <laughs> like, do you know that one of them's on the East Coast, one's on the West Coast. Isn't, there is a lot of land in between the two the, places. Isn't the U.S. one big state? <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, and I don't know what's going on in Alaska. Yeah. Um, but we went into Hollywood and went to the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Yeah. I saw my second cousin's Ryan Reynolds star. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. I saw him when I was nine. Looked the same. Yeah. Um, but I was told around the Walk of Fame that if you get a really famous enough to get this, that your name would be James Toth. So I'm Jim right now. I'm here with you. Yeah. We were at the game in the press box. You're like, hey, Jim. I'm like, hey. But if we were in Hollywood, you'd have to go James or JT. James Toth. JT Toth, hence the PL. You yeah. go to Hollywood and they just, an agent gets a hold of you and, you know, you chase the fame and yada, yada, yada. It's it, PL Dubois. It, you know what the thing is? It sounds more marketable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. People remember PL. Yeah. There's a, there's a million Pierre Lukes in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not a French loving area of, of the United States. <laughs> Let's get into this in all seriousness, though. I have no problem with this. And um, I understand how it rubs Winnipeggers the wrong way. I'm a Winnipegger. Yeah. I understand um, the fallout. Look, I look at it from a hockey perspective. I think the Jets got better. I I, I really do. Do I think yeah. it would have been great to re-sign him? Yes, I do. Do I think he's going to be the number one center in Los Angeles in about three years and for the next five after that? Yes, I do. Um, do I think he's a point-of-game player? I Maybe. think he, yes, I do. I do. Uh, I think all that. But if he didn't want to be here and he wanted to, but I read that piece from Murata Tesh and it yes. was, and you did too. And and I uh-huh. highly recommend anybody listening now to Risa. It's not going to change your mind about Pierre-Luc Dubois mm-hmm. and why he didn't want to be here, but we get our backs up. Right. And, and he, the, the thing I give him credit for is from day one. And that when he came from Columbus and, and um, signed the two year arbitration or went to whatever. Yeah. And then the year after that, he said, I'm not signing. I'm, I'm long-term. I want to go to free agency. He has, as you'll read in Marat's, from day one, even even before Marat's piece yesterday, has said the, the idea of choosing was what appealed to him. Yeah. And I get that. Like, some players are like that. And he chose Los Angeles, and he's going to live there. And if you read the piece, he gets into the fact that 
you know, that's part of his life. He said something in Murat's piece, and I know Murat's going to be on the pregame with Kelly today, so I highly recommend you listen to that too yeah, at 5 here 100%. on 680 CJOB. Yep. But he said something about, you know, when all this is said and done, he just has a different perspective than most hockey players. I've mm-hmm. been around a ton of hockey players. They're not all the same. They're not all lumped in the same group. But there's the odd time one has a different philosophy, and I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is one of them. In Murat's piece in The Athletic, his quote was, when all this is said and done and my career is over, the fans are going to forget about me and who I am, and I'm going to forget about them, but I'm not going to forget the journey. And it kind of stuck out to me that he's 26 years old. He's a guy that's lived, grew up as a child in three different countries. Yeah. Um, he He's just a different, he's not a guy who grew up in, in Brandon, Manitoba, played hockey his whole life, and then made the NHL. Mm. He's a guy that's been around, traveled around, experienced some things, and he lives life to the fullest. Yeah, so my my interpretation of it was there was a series of incidents, like he said, that the the situation surrounding uh, Panarin and Bobrovsky when he was in Columbus, who came in in the beginning and said, listen, we're going to go sign somewhere else, but listen, we're going to try to win this year. Um when he was during his time with, with the Columbus Blue Jackets and then Panarin goes off to the Rangers and, and Bobrovsky goes and signs with the Panthers. He said that that situation had a profound impact uh, on him. Uh, also spoke about, um, uh, you know, the, the, that that year and, and, and how that affected him and, and his years away. What, uh, listen, he can do and play wherever he listened. Clearly, he didn't want to be in Winnipeg. Clearly, he enjoys being in Los Angeles. But I, I, my takeaway from that is, He's trying to find reasonings like that doesn't explain to me the shift that he had in Columbus. That doesn't explain to me sort of the the sort of dancing around uh, the issue here. I remember him coming out um, when he was speaking with Darren Dreger with TSN when he asked, do you have a good is should Winnipeggers feel good about a possibility of you staying? And he said yes. And so I, I think he's trying to fit some things together. The fact of the matter is, is he did what he wanted to do. Right. And I think he's trying That's to the part I admire. Bob. Yeah. So like, is he trying to find, you know, things in his past? Like I'll connect this dot to this dot. And that's why I felt this way about that. Listen, I, I, I don't personally know. Obviously I personally don't know Pierre-Luc Dubois. I don't think he's a bad person. I really don't. I, I don't think he's a bad guy. I, I just think he did what he wanted to do. And that's the end of it. Like all, this other ju- all, these, it. all these justifications and all that, I, I, I don't necessarily buy that. That's just my perception of reading it. I just think he wanted to go to a place like Los Angeles. He wanted to go and play in a big city in a place that, that fit the lifestyle that he wanted to live. And that was the end of it. I don't even think he wanted to go to Los Angeles. I just think he I'm wanted to place, choose where he got to go. A place like Los Angeles. Yes, I think he wanted to Montreal, New York. I, I don't know. But he's pretty adamant from day one that he wanted to, he relished the opportunity to pick where he went. Yeah. I admired that, Cam. There's, whether it's in pro sports or not, in regular life, there's too many people in my time of being on this earth that don't chase their dreams. Yeah. That don't, you know, do what they want to do. That don't face criticism because they they worry about what other people say and think. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I personally think that's a horrible way to live. I think you should live your life, chase your dreams. They're not all going to work out. I'm a prime example. I've had way more defeats than I've had victories, but I have no regrets. 
I, I don't regret living in a small town for out of one man station in Northern Alberta <laughs> after living with my parents and wondering what am I doing here? Yeah. Cause it was a journey that got me to where I am today. And I love what I do today. I, I had those days too, Jim. I, so man, I, had those I, days. I admire what he's saying, but the part I don't admire is you should still be here this year. And you should have had a contract. The yeah. fact that you, I, I, when you become an unrestricted free agent, you've earned that right. The problem I have with him is he hadn't earned it yet. Well, he said he didn't want to go through. He a was a re- year rebuild. away from earning it. He said, "Oh, I was looking at the situation in Columbus, and I didn't want to go through a rebuild." Where you're like, you're 22 years old at that point. Connor Bedard doesn't want to go through a rebuild. Like, I, no, I want to stop hearing this from players. Yeah, Hellebuck said that. Shifley said, I don't want to go through a rebuild. I know, but that's a different situation no. when you have a 29, 30-year-old player, when you have a guy that's drafted by a team just coming out of his entry-level deal, and he's saying, I don't want to stay here because I want to be a part of a rebuild. It's overstated statement in pro sports. I don't. There's not a player on the planet, one who's waiting to get into a pro league or one that's on his way out or one in the middle of their career that wants to go through a rebuild. Nobody wants to. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to win on a team, be on a team that has a chance to win. So when you go, I don't want to go through a rebuild. The mean, nobody does. No. Shock me by saying you do. <laughs> saying you do want to go through a rebuild. But that being said, it is what it is. And I honestly, I had Paul Edmonds on yesterday. And if you look at this trade, it's very rare hockey trades happen anymore where both teams get what they need and both teams benefit. Yes. It's even more rare when your hand is forced. Mm -hmm. You're forced to deal this guy. And it's the second time, the second time Kevin Sheveldayoff has pulled this off. His hand has been forced and he's made his team better. And so is the other team. When Evander Kane went to Buffalo, it didn't work out for him in Buffalo, but Buffalo got what they needed. They needed a star forward. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Jets got what they needed in plethora. They got a top D-man. They got, you know, forwards. They got picks. This is a hockey trade that came out of the most un uncharacteristic scenario to pull off a hockey trade. He was not coming back here. He was not signing that last year of his contract. Which if he could have, the, maybe this trade still happens and then LA gets him. And in January yeah. 1st, they lock him up, whatever. But it's it's kind of remarkable how the LA Kings have their new number one center when Anze Kopitar's done. In the meantime, they are one of the deepest teams down the middle with Kopitar, Dubois, and Deneau. And the Jets are better off because their lineup is more evened out. They have more control over the contracts. And it just it's a it's amazing to me how this trade has worked out for both teams because it's a hockey trade in the most uncharacteristic circumstances of a hockey trade being pulled off. I totally agree with you. I, I what? Think I, 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 I do. I do. I do. <clears throat> I, you know, could this have been different if, if, if uh, you know, perhaps, and Kelly, I think I just got a text message from him. Yeah, we got the, we're going to have the audio. We'll have that. You know what? Let's take a break. Let's come back. I will hear from some of his comments when we return. But first, we're going to have Daryl Evans. Uh, he is... Oh, goodness gracious. He's the ice side analyst for the L.A. Kings. We're going to have him uh, on the program. The L.A., the Kings have had a little bit of a wishy-washy start. They've been down 3-0 in in both of their initial games against Carolina and Colorado. Uh, They had that trip to Australia. It's been in a really, really eventful start to the year for the L.A. Kings. We'll take a look at the Kings as well. We will hear from Pierre-Luc Dubois. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. We'll come, we'll hear from Pierre-Luc Dubois as well. We'll uh, be joined by Daryl Evans 
LA Kings ice side analyst. He'll be joining us. Uh, great guest. We've had him on the show several times, and Daryl is a wonderful, wonderful guy. Dylan sent a great text. Jean-Claude Van Damme never went J.C. Van Damme. Although I like JC better. JC Van Damme is see, but that's a little. It's a little bit because he's Belgium, right? Yes, yeah. It's a Jean little bit fancier, Jean Claude. But it made me think he was from France. Yeah. Well, you, but, didn't, you probably, as a young mind, didn't know that people speak French in Belgium. I mean, you look up at the screen. Do you want Jean Claude Van Damme or do you want JC Van Damme? Well, and listen, everybody well, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, look at that name. It's like, yeah. oh, it's these big Europeans. That'll never they fly, have these, Arnold they Schwarzenegger. Have these, they, they have these iconic names and yeah. all that. So. I'm so glad Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't change his name to Art Swayze. Art Vandalay. Art Vandalay. <laughs> What's your middle name? You see that ex- extension on the Guggenheim? Yeah, that was me. Didn't take me that long either. He also became a marine biologist. <laughs> He's an architect. Yeah, exporter, importer, importing, exporting. Um, yeah, so this is – we'll hear from uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois on the other side, uh, on the other side of sports. Um <laughs> And then, of course, Daryl Evans is going to be joining us, and we'll, we'll continue this conversation. And we'll hear from Pierre Luke. Yes, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Or PL, sorry. PL. I'm, it's, I'm not going to get used to it. It's like Yoel or Mia. It was Joel for three years. <laughs> Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Yeah, I mean, the reality of it is guys go in free agency and they, get, they leave for nothing. Um, you know, the Jets got three good players. Um, from, from the Kings and you know you look, you look at that roster now and um, I, I haven't really followed much but I'm sure they're doing well um, I'm sure they're fitting in I'm sure they're getting they're getting to know the guys so um, you know I'm sure I'm I think the Jets fans are happy that they got that in return instead of, of nothing um, I think those guys will help the team for now and in the future and um, you know, I wish them nothing but the best but yeah it's it's uh, that's just how it goes sometimes in the business um, you know I'm happy that the Jets got I'm sure what they what they wanted out of it. That was uh, P.L. Dubois speaking down at uh, Canada Life Center following the morning skate for the L.A. Kings. Pre-game show gets going at 5, puck drop at 7. And to talk all about it, Jimbo, we're going to bring on Daryl Evans. The man, the myth, the legend, the runner. Did you go for a run today, Daryl? Welcome to the show. I haven't run yet. I did my jump rope this morning, so I'll be uh, heading for a run as soon as I get back to the hotel this afternoon. And uh Looks like the sunshine's coming out, so it'll be a beautiful day for a run here in Winnipeg. You've already done more today than Cam and I have this whole year. I went for a run. This <laughs> did, I went for a run. This, I ran two miles this you morning. You ran to get coffee. <laughs> I did. I'm inspired by Daryl. He, 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 he gave me a shtuck and said, you better get out there. How has the season started for the LA Kings, Daryl? Well, statistically not where they want to be. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'd like to have a couple of wins under their belt. But I think it's been a little bit of a you know learning curve for them. Uh, the first game uh, with the suspension of Kaliev, they had to play one man down in the roster because of the salary cap, and uh, you know they played against two really good teams in Colorado and Carolina. They fell behind in both games. Mm. In the second game against Carolina, they showed some character. They battled back from three goal deficits twice, lost the game in a nine rounds of a shootout. But I think there were some things that were learned uh, and. Uh, you know, a little bit more attention to some of the things that uh, they need to uh, work upon in practice. So they're looking to apply it, you know, when they start this two-game road trip out here in Winnipeg against a very good team, a very fast team. 
and it should be an exciting hockey game. Yeah, I mean, so Todd McClellan, I listened to his um, uh, to his post game show after the game in Carolina, and he said it was it wasn't the team uh, that struggled; it was it was particularly some uh, you know individuals. Um, do, do you know who's sort of in the good books and who's in the bad books right now? Well, it's not necessarily you know good books or bad books. You know, uh, you know he's uh, he's he's a forgiving type of coach. I mean, and the players themselves know that you know they made the you know the miscues that you know they they, they can't do that. Uh, you know, Kevin Fiala, who had three assists in that game against Carolina, and you know talked about you know his name came up because he was a player that turned the puck over a couple of times on the power play, and uh, you know those are just little things. Sometimes early in the season things, uh, you know, and just a little bit of a missed connection, maybe a couple of new guys on the roster. So that all that takes a little bit of timing. Uh, but, you know, everybody's aware of, you know, what they need to do as individuals, as a team, as, as you just finished saying that McClellan said, they played very well uh, and they probably deserved a better fate. But when you make individual mistakes, uh, you know, they tend to cost you because they're a little bit more glaring. And uh, because of that, uh, you know, the team paid the price not securing two points as opposed to one. So, uh, they'll move forward, and you know guys like Kevin Fiala. He's such a such a good hockey player. He means so much to this hockey club that you know he he's got that leash. Uh, you know they want him to make plays. He's a special player. He's got great skating ability, great vision on the ice. And let's face it, every night uh, you know uh, you know you have a little bit of an off night in some regards. And you know again statistically he had a great night. He had three assists, but you know as an individual, a couple of times he mishandled the puck, and uh, he'll be the first one to admit it. And yet. He's looking for the first opportunity to be able to redeem himself. So I think he his teammates will reap the rewards of him buckling down and uh, and doing the right things and making the right decisions tonight. It's pretty clear with Pierre-Luc Dubois what it does for the depth at center for the LA Kings and, and I think makes him one of the strongest center teams in the West, if not the league. But how has his addition changed the roster given the, the players that came this way in the deal, Daryl, and, and how maybe from last year has has the roster sort of been augmented or, or how does it look compared to what you saw last year with the three pieces that are now Jets? Well, I think with the, you know, the, the three pieces that were removed from the Kings lineup, uh, you know, they Kings needed, they addressed the situation over the last two times in the playoffs against Edmonton that, there was a there was a void up the middle of the ice, and Dubois filled that void uh, with his size, his ability uh, to be able to make plays. Uh, you know, play, the minutes he can eat up, and so the Kings acquired that. And you know, many people have said that we talked to early uh, that the Kings have the best you know up you know punch one two three punch up the middle of the ice, and it's tough to argue that. Um, I think the pieces that the Kings gave up. I think the the uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, really got themselves a really nice package. Uh, all three guys are capable of playing. Aya follows a guy who's played on the top line with Kopitar and Dustin Brown throughout his career. He can play all three positions up front, power play, penalty kill. Gabe Velarde is a young player, a star in the making. Uh, he's got great touch, great vision on the ice, complements your power play. Both guys can play on the power play. And then Rasmus Kapari, uh, he's uh, more of a role player right now at this stage of his career. He's a big body, skates extremely well, and they're using him on the penalty kill as the Kings did last year. So I think Winnipeg really did a nice job at solidifying their lineup. They added some depth in, in different positions. And uh, by those guys being removed from the Kings lineup, what it does is it create a little bit more opportunity for guys like Arthur Kaliev, uh, that you know he's looking to you know solidify himself his position. And then young uh, Laferriere, who's you know given himself a little bit of an audition this year. So these guys are getting a chance because of the opportunities of the players that uh, aren't with the Kings anymore. 
So I think it's a win-win on both sides, and that's exactly what should happen when you make a trade. I, I want to talk to you about the Australia trip. I mean, how, what was that like? I mean, they, uh, that was incredible. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, you know, the the travel there. Uh, we we flew over on Qantas Airlines. Uh, it was nothing but you know first class the way that we were treated on the plane. The minute we got off the plane. That people were so embracing uh, and welcoming, not only to ourselves as individuals, but you know, to our game of hockey and uh, just the way they received the game, the fan support. Both games were sold out. There wasn't an empty seat in the house. Playing in the iconic Rod Laver Arena there in, in Melbourne was incredible, and we got to see an Australian Rules football game uh, before 100,000 people. Uh, live game that was a semifinal that led into the grand final the following week. And it was just it was special, but uh, a great experience. And uh, definitely something that excites and encourages me to want to make another trip back to Australia. But I was surprised at the amount of hockey, the knowledge of hockey. There's 22 ranks in Australia. There's 6,500 kids signed up in youth hockey in Australia. There's another 2,500 kids signed up in New Zealand. So uh, hockey's in a growing stage. Right now they're in the infant stages. They're starting ball hockey leagues and things like that. And I think it's something that will continue to grow. And I I envision the NHL being back there uh, within the next couple of years and probably within the next handful of years playing regular season games. Yeah, a pair of preseason games with the Arizona Coyotes also making the trip. We'll just uh, have to send some ice makers out there next time, okay? okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know there was some there was some trouble with that. I didn't know there was that many rinks there. That's incredible. Uh, quickly, before we let you go, Daryl, we got a texter who wants to know if you'll be wearing one of your flashy sh- suits tonight. I-, I assume you would be. So I'll get you to ask about the game. I mean, all the talk's going to be about the trade and the players involved, of course, leading into it. But this is a big game in the West. Both teams want to sort of take a next step this year. What do you make of the matchup tonight? I think it's a great matchup. Uh, you know, like you say, I think it's two teams that are, you know, trying to, you know, establish themselves, identify themselves as to who they are. And to take that next step, uh, you know, both the Jets and the Kings, having played in the postseason, they want to go deeper. Uh, you know, and both teams have felt that, uh, you know, whether the internal growth or the moves that were made in the offseason, the players that they signed, will get them to that next level. So this is a big game uh, for both teams. And, uh, you know, Kings still looking for their first win of the season. There's a lot at stake. I think the first few minutes there's going to be, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, jitters in that with, uh, you know, the players that were, you know, on, on the opposing teams last year. But I think that'll get uh, all pushed aside uh, soon enough, and uh, it will settle into a really good hockey game with some really good pace. So uh, I think it's going to be entertaining, and uh, I think it's going to be a tightly contested match. L.A. Kings ice side analyst Daryl Evans joining us. Uh, Daryl, you take care, okay, and have fun calling the game. All right, have a great afternoon. Remember, get your workout in this afternoon. That's That's right. right. I'm going to run as soon as the show is done. I'm going to run. Might might uh, pick me up off the ground when you run over me. I get Darryl. I go to I get four a.m. That's my time. <laughs> yeah. That's I got, that's sure. when the bell rings, man. Sure you do. Thanks, Darrell. Always a pleasure. Uh, this is a good game tonight. Like that's what's lost. Yeah. In the, not lost, but mm. uh, that's what not isn't the headline is. Um, but these two teams match up well. I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. Just playing well over two games, one and one, and Kings looking for their first win. Now, now taking aside the season opener and the home opener, is this game? Does this game matter more than the last two? Well, look, I because like you know Calgary. Okay, you know they're they're. I think they're going to be a pretty decent team. They're going to be a bubble team. Perhaps we'll make the playoffs. Maybe they won't. Florida right. comes in depleted. Eight new skaters on their team. You know they're missing Aaron Eckblad. They're missing Brandon Montour until 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 uh, you know perhaps at least around Christmas. Sam Bennett doesn't make the trip. Um, is it, does this game mean more if? Uh, to look at to see where the Winnipeg Jets are right now. Yeah, I think it does. I I think LA is a better team than Calgary. Um, I would agree. Uh, 
and especially in the West. Like I said, I think these are two teams looking to take the next step. But Daryl touched on it there. Like the haul that they got here again in this trade, mm-hmm. I a fellow is Pierre Luc Dubois. That's and, why and I pulled, you and I, I were pulled talking that, at the game. I pulled that clip from Pierre Luc Dubois because Kupari's he said that gonna, same yeah, thing. Yeah, Kapari's going to be the Morgan Baron. Kapari's going to be the you know he's big and fast, and and on that fourth line he adds a whole whole new dimension. So. I do think it's a test. The trade aside, I think the LA Kings are a playoff team in the West and more than a wild card team. And and so I think this is a good measuring test for the Jets with the style they're playing over the first two games, if they can bring that here and, and get a win tonight. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. We will get your text messages on. Uh, lots of opinions, of course, on uh, PL Dubois, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and we'll get those on the air after this. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. I go with an underdog, probably Nick Ehlers. Yeah. I mean, you guys know. You guys know. He plays intense. Yeah, maybe, yeah. There was Dubois there uh, when he was asked, uh, who do you think's going to take a run at you first during the game? Uh, Nick Ehlers. Dubois says it's going to be Nick Ehlers. Give me the, the shift, underdog. coach. I want a piece of him. He was throwing um, his body around a little bit. You know, it's interesting on our text line, uh, some people say, why are you talking about a player who's not here anymore? Well, that's the story going into tonight's game. Um, yeah, I, I, you know I, what? It's so funny when we get those, Jim, because it's... it's I, would, I would love to see the comments if we never mentioned Pierre-Luc Dubois' name today. If we just yeah. talked about the game. Look, I get it. Like, he left and, and some fans are upset. It's also interesting that more than half of our texts here at 780-6868 mm-hmm. have said, I thought he played hard here and never... You know, took a shift off. I didn't have a problem with PLD. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. He's here. He didn't want to stay. He's not here anymore, and the Jets got good return for him. I, I'm indifferent to this, and I, I think the Jets are a deeper team, and, and I'm, I do think the Kings are a contender in the West, and I'm fascinated by tonight's matchup once that gets away. Uh, some people have been reaching out on, on, on X or Twitter, whatever it's called, to me asking if I think Lowry and him will go tonight. Look, I don't think anybody's <laughs> going to go Dubois no. unless Dubois is Dubois. Dubois drags guys to the net and plays hard. And if he plays hard and takes some liberties in front of the net on Hellbuck or something, I think somebody steps up. I don't know if people go or not. I know people love that storyline, but yeah. I, I think, you know, if things get out of hand and He's a little too aggressive. Somebody will get in his face. And if not, it'll just be a hockey game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just to, you know, I guess sort of wrap everything up for Pierre-Luc Dubois, for the bow for me at least. Um, he did what he wanted to do. This is what he wanted to do. He forced uh, the issue twice, uh, got the contract that he wanted in, in the place that he got to choose and the place that he wanted to end up. And he did what he wanted to do. Did he take games off and, you know, was he lackadaisical? Like, I mean, everyone wants to talk about that shift in Columbus. No, I didn't see that ever from him here. So whatever that's worth, I think it's worth quite a bit. Um, he's in L.A. and the Jets got a great haul, and I think both teams are better for it, and we move forward. I had uh, and a, that's I, it. I had a guy uh, tweeting me yesterday about Blake Wheeler getting benched, only playing 12 minutes, and yeah. been telling me for four years now how Wheeler's done, and I'm like, <laughs> well, he yeah. had six points in five playoff games. So if that's not production, I don't know what is. And he had 50-some points in 71 games. But that's not the point to this. Um, the point is, is some people think he took some games off and he wasn't always showing up. And I get that because Pierre-Luc Dubois is a, a player that could drag his teammates into the fight. Mm-hmm. Pierre-Luc Dubois is a player that when he would go to the net hard and drag a guy with him, that gets your team into it. That brings your team out of your seats. 
Um, but the reason I mentioned that this uh, uh, gentleman, Nick, was um, who I hear from often enough that on social media was bringing up Wheeler and, and yeah. bashing me that I thought Wheeler can still play and all this. Um, I brought it up because there were a lot of guys that took that Vegas series off. And a lot of them are still here. And and we can talk about, because we have some texts here that Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't show up in game five against Vegas. Pierre-Luc Dubois Nobody didn't showed up. Blah. No one showed up in that game. Blake Wheeler had six points in five games against Vegas. Yeah. Um, he was there all five games. Uh, he's not the Blake Wheeler of old, but he showed up and he performed. Pierre-Luc Dubois was not the only one who didn't show up. I think um, Adam Lowry showed up for all five of those games. I think Blake Wheeler showed up for all five of those games. And then there was a list of players for the Jets that once game four and five rolled around, just didn't, especially game five. Yeah. I'm just making sure. Just didn't have it. And my point to this is it wasn't just PLD. Well, yeah, of course. It wasn't just Dubois in game five that pulled the no-show. How could you argue against that? I mean, who's watching the game? Um, And also, Jim, make a note of this. On uh, the 30th of this month when the Rangers are here in town, we're not going to talk about Blake Wheeler at all. Um, yeah, because that's not, not, that's not a storyline. So he's he not only here. had nine minutes last night, by the way. <laughs> oh, good. Goodness so, gracious. As I, as I told Nick on social media, check back in April. Cause this might finally be the year that he's done. Hellebach will get the, will start in net for the Winnipeg jets. Uh, nothing unexpected from the line rushes this morning. No changes. Uh, Connor with Shifley and Velarde. Need a rider with Perfetti and Ehlers. I follow with Lowry and Appleton. Uh, Morgan Barron with uh, Rasmus Kupari and Nemestikov. And then Gustafson, the 13th forward. Uh, Morrissey, DeMello, Sandberg, Pionk, Dylan Schmidt, Stanley, and Chisholm. Uh, number five and, I mean, number seven and number eight on, on the defense. And again, uh, Hellebuck is going to get the start. Um, here's an interesting thing, uh, Jim, and we were talking about this uh, this was a, a tweet from The Athletic uh, from Scott Wheeler. If we can just uh, switch gears here and yeah, talk a little bit of Yeah, this was great. Um, I'll read it here. You sent this to me uh, in regards to, to John Tavares. Now, the Leafs lost 4-1 yesterday to Chicago. Uh, they're 2-1 so far this year. Uh, Tavares has two more, one year after this year, at $11 million. Uh Scott Wheeler with The Athletic tweeted this out. John Tavares is in, his, is in year six of seven in his contract and has 360 points in 363 games while playing second-line minutes and winning 56.9% of his draws. In his age of 31 to 33 uh, seasons, uh, in his age 31 to 33 seasons, he has missed five games in the Leafs, have a fi- uh, 54.2 goals for percentage with him on the ice. It's been exceptional. Expect, expect goals uh, expected. He's three points off a point-a-game player since he signed in Toronto as a second-line center, averaging about 18 minutes. He's lived up to the contract. Mm-hmm. To me, the production of John Tavares was never in question. What was in question was the $11 million. Yes. If you could have signed him for nine, if you could have signed him for eight at the time, and use that $3 million on a defenseman. I, I just think at the if you look at the time since they've signed Tavares, mm-hmm. Petrangelo went to Vegas for $9 million a year. Is that not more better money well spent for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I think there was better places to put you that would money. Keep, you would keep Zach Hyman's. You would keep Michael Bunting, who went to Carolina this year, because you're paying a top end. Like to me, they they always they didn't need another top six forward slander, centerman. 
they needed defense. That's- and so I have no problem with John Tavares. I have no problem with his his production, and he's been phenomenal. He's lived up to the contract. The contract was too expensive for what that team needed. Exactly. And that's, that's my exact point there. The, they could have found a much cheaper, much more serviceable second-line center and then also been able to upgrade goaltending and With the talent around him and Marner yep. and Nylander and yep. – and Austin Matthews, you could have kept Zach Hyman. You could have kept others and had a top end $8 million demon. Jim told to take you all the way until three o'clock. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Fortier for producing the show. That's Atta it for me. Farts. I'll be back. Hey, pregame at five. Puck drop at seven. Kings, Jets, Forts. Canada Life Center. Go grab your ticket. Sip. JL Forte. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.